Hello, this is Caleb with God's Loving Sacrifice Podcast, where we talk about the Word of God and how it helps us get through today's world. I hope you learn and grow as you listen. We're going to do part two of baptism. Normally, I read scriptures from the New King James Version. But in baptism, I wanted to get as much information out there as I could, and so I'm going to be using the Amplified Bible today because it breaks out the words into more detail. Um, So let's get started. It says in the scripture, for you to be a child of God, you must have the Holy Spirit. It says, if any man does not have the Spirit, he's none of his. Romans 8, 8 through 9 says, So then those who are living the life of the flesh, catering to the appetites and impulses of their carnal nature, cannot please or satisfy God or be accepted to Him. But you are not living the life of the flesh, you are living the life of the Spirit. If the Holy Spirit of God really dwells within you, directs you, and controls you. But if anyone does not possess the Holy Spirit of Christ, He is none of his. He does not belong to Christ and is not truly a child of God. That scripture tells us that you have to have the Holy Spirit. When do you get the Holy Spirit? I know that there are churches who think that you have to pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and hope that you'll get the gift of speaking in tongues. And until you do that, you don't have the Holy Spirit. I went to one of those churches. I totally understand how people feel. It made me feel like I was not very good Christian because I didn't get tongues for a long time. And so I felt like I didn't have the Holy Spirit. The only problem with that idea is we get the Holy Spirit when we're saved. Tongues is not telling you that you're, you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Salvation tells you you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. John 1, 12-13 says, But to as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave them the authority, power, privilege, right, to become the children of God, that is, to those who believe in, adhere to, trust in, and rely on his name, who owe their birth neither to blood nor to the will of the flesh, that of physical impulse, nor of the will of man, that of the natural father, to God, they are born of God. When we receive Christ, we also receive the Spirit. He doesn't withhold anything from us. He doesn't make us beg for these things. They are given. He asks you to believe him. He asks you to accept him. And when he does, he gives you the Comforter or the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John 7, 38-39, He who believes in me, who cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being shall flow continuously springs and rivers of living water. He was speaking of the Holy Spirit. When you hear rivers of living water, that is the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, it was after Jesus had ascended, they received the Holy Spirit. Before that, they didn't have the Holy Spirit. And so, a lot of the way the scriptures were written before the Holy Spirit came down makes you makes it look like there are other things that are needed for salvation, and there's not. 
And some people teach that water baptism was needed for salvation. Acts 2, 38-39, and Peter answered them, Repent, change your views and purpose to accept the will of God in your inner selves instead of rejecting it, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of and release from your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise of the Holy Spirit is to and for you and your children and to and for all that are far away, even to and for as many as the Lord invites and bids to himself. The word baptized, we talked about this before. One of the words in baptized means to be cleansed. But in this scripture, when he says to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, I think people really forget that we're cleansed by the name of Jesus Christ. We don't have to be immersed in water to be cleansed. He cleanses us. Some assume that Peter meant for people to be baptized in water. But then Peter would have said, I baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. But like I said before, the name of Jesus Christ cleanses us. And it also says that when they're cleansed in Christ, they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is another verse that shows that baptism or cleansing that accompanies salvation is of the Spirit, not of water. The verse says it's the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you need water, baptism for salvation, or to receive the Holy Spirit, then neither salvation or the Holy Spirit is a gift, but it's a work of man. And those things are not a work of man. Our salvation, the gift of the Holy Spirit, are free to those who believe. So when baptism refers to water baptism, it means to be fully wet. When baptism refers to salvation, it means to be fully and completely cleansed by a spirit. Acts 2.41 says, Therefore, those who accept and welcome his message were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. If that baptism was referring to water baptism, and this is Peter, how would he baptize 3,000 people? He was in the temple area. The only water in the temple area is the little bowl of water that the priests use to wash their feet and hands before they go into the holy place. And how would he have baptized 3,000 souls that exact same day. And if you read that entire passage, not once does it mention water. Mark 16, 16 says, He who believes, who adheres to, trusts in, and relies on the gospel, and him who it set forth and is baptized will be saved from the penalty of eternal death. But he who does not believe, who does not adhere to, trust in, and rely on the gospel, and him who it sets forth will be condemned. It didn't say who isn't baptized and does not believe. It just says who doesn't believe. So it tells me that that baptism is not water baptism. You don't need water baptism to be saved. Christ saved us by dying on the cross. Now, should you be baptized? Just being baptized is your first work. And I think it's very important. Is baptism for you? A little, but baptism is for other people. When you're baptized, you're usually baptized in front of a group of people. That is 
an outward expression of inward change in your life. You are telling them that I have been cleansed. I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to live my life for him, and I'm doing this to show you that this is the way to live your life. It's a work. It's part of our preaching the gospel. It's not part of salvation. Another place where people seem to think that it talks about water baptism is when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus. He said that you needed to be born of water. And people say, oh, that's water baptism. No, that's birth. Birth and baptism is not the same thing. The scripture says in John 3, 5 through 6, Jesus answered, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, unless a man is born from water and even the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. What is born from the flesh is flesh. Of the physical is physical. And what is born of the spirit is spirit. What is born of the flesh, that's your first birth. You are born from water. That's what that's talked about. It has nothing to do with baptism. It doesn't say baptized. It doesn't say baptism. It said born of water. And we all know we're born of water when we're first born. If you had to be water baptized, then Jesus would have said, you must be baptized of water, not born of water. And Jesus knows the difference between being born and being baptized. And even when you look at the whole scripture, even Nicodemus talked about, well, how do I go back into my mother's womb? So he even knew he was talking about birth and not baptism. For somebody to decide that John 3, 5 is referring to water baptism, he would have to ignore the whole third chapter of John. 1 Peter 3.21 says, The like figure wherein to even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of good conscience towards God by resurrection of Jesus Christ. This verse, they think, is where it says that baptism saves us. But it's not talking about salvation of a person's soul. It's talking about being delivered from a guilty conscience, being cleansed of that guilty conscience that we have, of obeying God's commands. And God's command is that we should be baptized. That is our work. There's a scripture about the church in Ephesus where it says you've lost your first love. Repent and do your first work again. And that means to repent and be baptized again. But that's your first work. We're not saved by works. We're saved by Jesus Christ. If you think about Paul and the Philippian jailer who was going to commit suicide, Paul told him how to be saved. But he didn't tell him he had to be baptized in water. So if he didn't tell him that to be saved, then I don't think you need to be baptized in water to be saved. There is a scripture that I use all the time, and to me, it's the most clear, clear scripture on salvation. Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and ye shall be saved. It can't get any clearer than that. The thief on the cross didn't come down 
and get baptized, but he went to heaven. Paul thanked God in 1 Corinthians 1.11 that he didn't baptize very many people. If water baptism were needed for salvation, then Paul would be thanking God that he didn't see that very many souls saved. And that is totally unthinkable. So when you're talking to people that tell other people that you have to be baptized in water for salvation, um, it's just wrong. We need to let people know that Christ saves us, not a dip in the water. Christ saves us. His blood covers us. His name cleanses us. He gave his life for our salvation. Do you think that water baptism is more important than Christ giving his life on the cross to save us from our sins? Do you think he's going to go through all of that if water baptism would save us? Think about those things. Tell others about Christ. Tell others about the gifts that we receive, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But most of all, remember that we receive the Holy Spirit when we accept Christ. Water baptism is our first work, but always remember that Christ is our first love. I pray that you enjoyed today's episode. If you have any comments or questions, you can leave a message by contacting me on the website at www. GodsLovingSacrifice.com. And while you're there, you can catch up on all the other episodes, check out the reviews, and even read the blog. You can also leave a comment on Facebook at God's Loving Sacrifice. Thank you for spending time with us today. And until next time, may God richly bless and keep you.